Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. Last week, we preached a sermon entitled The Price of Principle, Part 1. This is Part 2. I want you to go get your notes and go over that, and then I want you to see this, because Part 2 is powerful. There's a price for principle, and Jesus paid it all. If Jesus paid the price and passed them on to us, they should be big. They should be living. This principle, I made up my mind that I would be a reflection of Christ in my life. And we've never had any scandals. Why? Because God's word's real to me. And Jesus is principle, has principle, and so do I. So let's go to part two of the price of principle. And I want to tell you something. People need to see that today in this day and time. Watch this and be blessed. Write this down. If you accept great privileges, you should be ready to accept great responsibilities. Let me say it again. If you accept great privileges, you should be ready to accept great responsibilities. In other words, if you drive down Armand Boulevard or you drive down Airline Highway or you get or you drive on uh, I-10, then you shouldn't have a problem with taxes. Well, I lost 99% of you right there. You accepted the privilege, but you wouldn't accept the responsibility. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. We have those privileges so they don't beat up our cars and different things. So you shouldn't be angry if they tax you. Ooh, let me say that again because I don't think y'all even want to write that down. <laughs> if you accept great privileges, you should be ready to accept great responsibilities. The taxes and the things that the government does. Why? So to make your life better. Now, do they do it wrong sometimes? Naturally. But that's why you got a voting booth. That's how you change that. Do you see what I'm saying? And so when you understand that, it's amazing how many people want the privileges but not the responsibility. And I don't like paying taxes either. I never forget what time I was just arguing with Kenneth Copeland, a good friend of mine. I said, I hate paying taxes. He said, you know why? I said, why? He said, because you don't sow it as a seed. I said, what'd you say? He said, next time you pay your taxes, sow it as a seed instead of a waste. I said, they're not, they not good soil. <laughs> the Bible said, come, let us reason together. He said, well, you're the soil. Change the soil. How you do that? Ballot box. See my point? If you accept great privileges, you should be ready to accept great responsibilities. Our principles, write it down, should be big and living. Your principles ought to be the number one thing people see in your life. Our principles should be big and living. Don't give little passing policies. See, you really become a, a politician when you give passing policies. See, everything they're talking about is going to be dead in a few years. You see what I'm saying? See, God wanted to do something with Abraham Lincoln that he couldn't figure out. He couldn't figure it out. He didn't figure it out until at the end. 
He knew there was a division between the North and the South over slavery. It was there before he became president. It was there the first day George Washington walked into public office. Slavery. How, how did that happen? What made you think that you were a higher order than some other race? That's certainly not the image of God. Where did that come from? I want to deal with these things today. And I want to show you what goes on here so you can see through the fog. You see, and, and see clearly. Let me say it again. Our principles should be big and living. Don't give little passing policies. You see, what happened was they thought, well, first it was going to be a north and south. We're going to demand you do this. But as he began to do this, he changed his mind several times during the war against the states. At first he said, well, equal but separate. See how you change the names? Make somebody feel good about something then. <clears throat> but he thought, wait a minute, we can't do that. And as he began to he understand, he began to say, wait a minute. I'm Caesar. But the way, the way to make it work, I must render to God what is God's and render to Caesar what Caesar. So what he did was write an emancipation proclamation. Now, people didn't receive it the day it was wrote, but it was wrote. See, words now became action. And he began to realize and said, wait a minute. Slavery should not only be hated, it should become non-existent. And he found that out toward the end. And you know what? When he first went into it, he didn't hear him talk about praying to God. But when he got about halfway through that thing, he started, let us pray. God, let God, we need help. Because he realized that if we render to God's with God's, we'll get rid of this terrible travesty. That's what makes the government good. That's why Jesus didn't try to separate them. He mixed them. Render to Caesar what Caesar, to God's government. Because if you render to God what's God, what Caesar does is going to be good because it's founded upon a holy truth. Do you see that? Do you understand that? So let me say it again. Our principles should be big and living. Don't give little passing policies. See, we have these passing policies from administration to administration. And then we, you know, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden that, we don't even think about that stuff no more. You know, it goes away after a few years. Well, we've got some other little passing policy. When we ought to go back to this scripture right here in Luke 20 and say the words Jesus said. Render to Caesar with Caesar. Caesar has a right. But render to God with God. Because see, God is the original Caesar. You see, not a dictator, a loving father. See, we talk about the fatherland. So we want the fatherland. When we, you got to understand, it's the father's land. But you don't want to switch. You don't want to put that together. See what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, because when you render to God what's God's, this government will be right. See, that's why we need honest, clean, saved politicians. I ain't saying to do everything right. 
but they certainly should not be doing everything wrong. Just because they're in power and they have the ability with the stroke of a pen. Because in the end, who's going to pay for this? The rich? No. The poor. The middle class. You know why? Because there's a lot more of you. Mm -hmm. The whole United States economy is built on small businesses. Not on the big wealthy guys. You took all their money, you couldn't even get close to the deficit. All the rich people. Think about that. So you got to go down. These little passing policies, and after a while they think you will forget it, so they get what they want. That's why they never read the bills. Why? Because they're 1,500 pages long. Somebody's, do you think Biden wrote that? I don't think so. You think Pelosi wrote that? Uh-uh. They gave a couple of lines. And, all, and the Republicans too. They all do it. They all have a chance to change something. But they worry more about their re-election than about your future. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm. Write this down. Your principle shows the world you view, your view of God and your view of the state. Your principles show the world your view of God and your view of the state. See, the state uses force to make you pay taxes. You render the Caesar with Caesar, or else I'll kill you. We'll take your house. It's called the IRS, or we'll do whatever. The church uses persuasion. You shouldn't do that. It doesn't use force. It uses persuasion. If you live like God lives, they persuade you, for I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I committed to him against that day. They use persuasion, and when you use persuasion, you change people's minds. You don't need to use force. See, so your principles tells the world your view of God and your view of the state. You see what I'm saying? We can make something happen until the next administration or to the next Congress or to the next Supreme Court or to whatever, you, you, our three forms of government. You see what I'm saying? Legislative, judicial, and, and, and uh, uh, presidential, what do they call it, you know? Yeah, executive branch. See, when you understand they come together and they should work in one mind and one accord. It's okay to agree to disagree but it's not okay to hate each other. See, you can't do that. Why? Because you're a person of principle. You have been made in the image of God. The Lord minted you. And he put on your backside in God we trust. And Caesar put a Federal Reserve note on the front. <laughs> Do you see that? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Your principles shows the world your view of God and your view of the state. The state uses force. It will force you to pay your taxes. The church uses persuasion. I'm a tither. As far as me and my house, we're going to tithe. 
Me and my house, we're going to believe in healing. Me and my house, we're going to believe in salvation. Me and my house, my God, man, we're going to do what God says. But I, I, I try to persuade you to tithe. I don't force you to tithe. There are some ministries, if you work for them, they take your tithe out. That's a fact. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But they're close. That's all I can say. They take the tithe out of your check because they don't trust you. I personally think that's illegal. Seems like to me anyway. But people have ways of, of you signing documents that you don't know what you're signing. And they cover themselves. Mm. Can you imagine that you want to go to work for me? Okay, we're going to pay you. Um, we said we'll pay you $50,000 a year, but we're taking five, uh, uh, we, we taking $5,000. But you did make $50,000. I could tell none of you like this at all. <laughs> because you see, it, it bothers you. know why? Because see, that's not rendering to God what's God's. You're now using the state's force to your benefit. But if you use the benefit of God, the state will always be fine. Hmm. Your principle shows the world your view of God and your view of the state. To be a, write this down, to be a great example of principle, you must have a thought-provoking method. Y'all are very quiet because I'm making you think. You've heard me say this many times. Preaching should never supersede thought. It should make you think. Right? Let me say this. You got to understand. Render to Caesar what Caesar and the God of God. See, they, they couldn't handle that. Because Jesus used a, he used a thought-provoking method. Let me say it again. To be a great example of principle, you must have a thought-provoking method. Thought-provoking. Make you think this so they don't forget what you said. Y'all might have seen me do this a few weeks back. And I was standing over there and I walked over to Daryl. And I'd heard a report about his body. And I just walked up to him, and, it, and Renee was singing and all that. I said, don't worry about those spots. Exactly. The Lord said, don't worry about any of them spots. I walked off. Okay, well, we just found out that his doctor looked at him and used the exact same words that God told me. Daryl, don't worry about those spots. Am I right? So I just walked over to him today, and I said, enjoy your life. He said, I believe I will. Amen. What did we do? We rendered to God's what God's, and, we told, and then Caesar starts saying the same thing God said. Do you see my point? To be a great example of principle, you must have a thought-provoking method. How can I get you saved and make you like it? Well, I'm not going to get you saved like this, you low-down, dirty dog trash from hell. You know you're going to hell. <laughs> like one man said, make you sweat in church. Have you ever sweated in church? <sighs> to be a great example of principle, you must have a thought-provoking method. 
So I want to make you think. That's why I make you write down the, the points, and I know you have a hard time doing that because I talk fast. <laughs> and everybody said, why don't you put it up on the screen? No. Think. A thought-provoking method. Yeah. Yeah. Write this down. I'm going to go over this again so you can get it all done. If you understand that you bear God's image, now this here, uh, uh, this is going to strike him. I'm going to have to explain it. If you understand that you bear God's image, we're made in the image of what? Then it will show you, then it will show you understand the truth or let me just say it like this. It will show you, then it will show you understand the twin truth of the eternal humanity in God and the eternal divinity in man. Let me say it again. If you understand that you bear God's image, then it will show you understand the twin truth of the eternal humanity in God and the eternal divinity in man. Because when you see man, you see God. When you see God, you see man. That's a twin truth. That's the eternal humanity of God in God and the eternal divinity in man. That's why Satan hates you. He doesn't have that. You made in his image and his likeness. You spirit. Angels are not. They're angelic beings. But you're a spirit. Housed in a soul. Clothed in a body. That's the twin truth I'm talking about. The eternal humanity in God and the eternal divinity in man. When you understand that, oh Lord, that's why I like myself. That's why you never see me sad, sick, discouraged, depressed, despondent, broke, all that kind of stuff. Why? I have divinity in me. And God has humanity in him. Kathy is totally different from me. But I gave her my name. So she has the planets in her. So much that if I'm not present, she can spend all my money. And no one will question it. Because she's Catherine Marie Carre, that's her maiden name. To plan this. Now, Kathy is a very funny. She, don't, she likes you to recognize who she is. When we first got saved, they didn't call us. People used to call you Sister Kathy. You know what they called her? We had never heard that before. Now. They said, how's Sister Jessie doing? <laughs> Am I right? Oh, Kathy's eyebrow went up. <laughs> She's not transgender. I just thought of that. <laughs> Sister Jessie, uh-uh. That will never be. 
but she has the power to use my name. Myself, I imprinted myself on her. She is called my wife. She imprinted herself on me. She calls me her husband. Now, who's on the front of the coin and who's on the back? I'll let you figure that out for yourself. <laughs> I ain't touching that. Praise God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. If you understand that you bear God's image, then it will show you understand the twin truth of the eternal humanity in God and the eternal divinity in man. Now, isn't that good? God has eternal humanity in him and we have eternal divinity in us. Think about this. Christ in us, the hope of glory. See, God's divinity in us gives us great privileges. And like I said, if you accept great privileges, you have to be ready to accept great responsibilities. I have a responsibility to wear the purity of God. It's amazing to me how many preachers mess up in the pulpit. Why would you do such a thing? Well, I couldn't help myself. Lie, you fry. You know you can't help yourself. I don't do those things. Why? And not because I'm better than anybody else, because when I accepted Christ, I got rid of the old man. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't want to stay in this white robe of righteousness that he's placed upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is our greatest example of principle. Ours should be too. We should, when they see us, they ought to see Christ in us. Think about that, Christ in us. Not just Christ on us or Christ around us, but Christ in us, the hope of glory. Think about that. Can I pray for you right now? Father, in Jesus' name, help people to understand what we're talking about, that the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. Lord, I ask you, make them understand. That's why so many people walk away from God, because people don't live the way they should live. And it's easy to live like Christ if we just believe him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I, I get carried away when I start praying because I realize something. We sh man, people say, well, I'm sorry. Well, you know, it'd been better if you'd have never done it. You wouldn't have to say you're sorry. Now people say, well, is this stuff really real? Yes, it's really real. But I don't put it on people's lives. I keep it on Christ, the hope of glory. Stay right there. We're going to show you some wonderful things. I'm going to be back in just a moment to speak another word. Show's not over yet. I hope you're enjoying this. I'm enjoying preaching to you today. Watch. Jesse DePantis Ministries is literally circling the globe using every available voice. What would that be? That would be television, radio, printed page, internet, DVDs, CDs, books, whatever it takes to preach the gospel. Can you see it? Hey, can you see it? I can just see it. I can see the gospel going all over the world to every person. Every year the soul's adding up, people getting healed, lives being changed and delivered. Is that impossible? No. God thinks we can do that. Everything you see here at Jesse DePlantis Ministries was impossible, and everything we are going to do is impossible. But yet the Lord said, if you believe it, I'll do it. We are believing the unbelievable and receiving the impossible to simply reach people and change lives.
you know angels are real and many of them are here today? God's Word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. My new book, The Hidden Help, I share a few of those biblical stories and some of my own personal experiences with angelic beings. Remember, this world isn't all there is. You are unique in God's creation and The Hidden Help is always here for you. Order your copy today at jdm.org. I really love my new book, The Hidden Help. And if you hadn't got it, you need to get it today. It's about angels. I've had personal experience with angels and we do a study on angels. It will bless you. We need angels. You'd be surprised. Let me just say that the spiritual world is way bigger than the physical world. Are you, are you curious about God's mysterious angelic creation? Well, I answer a lot of questions right here about them. Who are we? Who are these angels? What do they do to help us? How do they do that? Our guardian angels, I share biblical principles and stories and my own personal things that will bless you. How do you like to get it? You want to get it? You just go to jdm.org for the ordering information and you will be blessed with it. I mean necessarily. The hidden help. I hope you get it today. Partners, thank you for reaching people, changing lives one soul at a time with us. Your faithful financial support is so greatly appreciated in this ministry. In over 47 years of preaching this gospel, we've never had a financial deficit. Not one. You know why? I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God. Isn't that a blessing of the Lord? Trust is an amazing gift that's been given to us. All we have to do is activate it. And it is such a blessing. All those years, I've had preachers say, how, do he do, how did he do that? I didn't. You trusted me. I trusted you. But both of us went to the throne of God, and we both trusted God. And that's what it's all about. See what I'm saying? So thank you for your faithful financial support. See, it's not money to me. It's people to me. You see, somebody supported Billy Graham that I could come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That partner supported him. And I heard the message of Christ through the Reverend Billy Graham. Well, the same thing is happening all over the world with us also. So thank you for supporting us today. Don't miss next week. Got a wonderful message entitled Possibility Thinking. Ooh, you're going to enjoy this. Till next week, I love you and Jesus love you. And I'm going to say with our good friends, Jesus is Lord. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jesse DePlanis. In my January partner offer, I dive into the story of Noah and how it relates to today's world. I will show you how to feed on the power of Christ and not on carnal security in the midst of the end times. It's one message that you don't want to miss. Order your copy today at jdm.org. The title of it is The Frustration of the End Times. Do it today now. See, your faith has extraordinary powers. You have to watch what you say because you'll get it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and when you understand how powerful faith works in any area, now faith is, not tomorrow, not next week, but now. See, that's possibility thinking. 